Well, first of all, let me, let me just say this. Um, I'm guessing that all of us are at a different point in our spiritual journey. And some of you here this evening might say that you haven't really started yet. You, you're, um, you're asking questions, and maybe it's kind of a pre-journey to the journey that you're on. And uh, you're not sure about what you believe, what your faith in God is. And so I, I you know, want to recognize that and, uh, and, and thank you for coming, you know, and, and uh, especially that you're going to be willing to listen to me tonight. Because what I'm going to be talking about in, is uh, from the perspective of, of someone who has made that journey, and in a certain sense, I'm still on it. I mean, definitely, it's, it's a growing, my faith is growing, uh, my relationship with God is growing, with Jesus Christ is growing. So without a doubt, that is a, a huge part of my life, that's a reality. But I really respect you this evening because what I'm going to be doing is, is talking about why I'm so absolutely excited, why I believe what I believe about Jesus Christ, but I'm going to be doing it from the perspective of us as parents who believe very deeply in, in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, uh, the creator of this universe with God the Father and the Holy Spirit, and the one who came to this earth to be our Savior. And so that's what I'm going to be talking about from the perspective of a parent sharing uh, my faith with my children and encouraging you to think about doing the same. But beyond that even, uh, modeling for your children, sharing your faith in Jesus Christ with other people. All right? So let me just very quickly give you a little, little uh, history of myself and my own journey with this whole thing of talking with others about my faith in Christ. I, I made the decision to uh, believe in Jesus Christ, to trust in him as my savior as, as a nine-year-old kid. So it started quite a few years ago. And, but I would say that I wasn't really challenged. My faith wasn't really challenged until seventh grade. Made a, a shift from uh, a very small little school, kind of a rural area with only like seven kids in our class. And, 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 and uh, two of my three teachers in my first six years uh, went to our church. And two of them actually, uh, those same two teachers, uh, uh, taught me as a kid in our, in our Sunday morning uh, kids' classes. So one uh, really far away from, from my faith in any kind of a, any kind of a setting. Now I got into seventh grade, and uh, my response to the challenge uh, was to become silent about my faith. And I don't even know if I really talked about it that much in public, uh, you know, my first six grades of school. And, and, and so I decided to become silent about my faith and conform to the lifestyle of my classmates and my friends. During that period of time, the modeling that I saw in my parents and, and the church that I, I uh, grew up in was a genuine commitment to Jesus Christ. Uh, no question about that, but a, but a hands-off relationship with people in the community who did not share their faith. I mean, we're talking a really small town now. I'm, uh, when I left, it was 203 people. Uh, and, and so, you know, everybody knew each other. 
in a, in a town that size. And of course, the rural area, all the farms and all that. But it, the, the church I grew up in, it was more of a them, you know, them, us mentality. Uh, more of a isolating ourselves kind of an environment. No, no, no social interaction, no conversation about faith in Jesus Christ. It was more on a, on a business kind of relationship. You know, you go to the grocery store and buy your groceries and, you know, and all the different business places, buy your gas and all that. And then you talk, you have conversation, but no real social, you know, get together. I mean, we did our thing and, and, and the rest, of, you know, other part of the community did their thing. I do not uh, remember ever hearing my parents or anyone in our church expressing a concern for someone in our community, for, for their spiritual well-being. I, I can't remember hearing any prayer for them. I heard prayer about people living in another nation, another country. I heard a lot of prayer about traveling mercies and, and good, you know, for health and, and, and praying for kids and family and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But I do not remember any prayer for somebody who uh, did not have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And that, that was troubling to me even as I was hiding my own faith. And I couldn't understand why there was so little concern and no sharing of faith in Christ. And in my mind, it, it just didn't make any sense to me as a kid, even as I was hiding my own faith. I was conflicted within myself, but I was also conflicted as I looked at what was happening in the lives of people in our church and in, in my parents. And I, I just didn't understand. I mean, if this, is, this is really something absolutely wonderful. I mean, we're, you know, I sit in church and hear about eternal life and hear about God loving us and hearing about Jesus Christ dying for us on the cross. I mean, the, the, the most phenomenal thing anybody could ever possibly hear. Uh, and, and so in my mind, why wouldn't it be, why wouldn't, you know, the adults in my life who believe that share that with all the people they knew in that community that they knew for years and years and years and they, you know, many, many conversations and I, I, I've told this story on Sunday morning. We had a neighbor down the road from us, just a, you know, a little ways. And I uh, remember his name. His name was Emil Nord. And you know, that name's probably getting popular again. You know, I thought, I'm waiting for an Emo to show up. But, but anyway, uh, he, was an, he was an older man. I mean, he, he was really old. And I can think of so many times when he, you know, farmers would do this thing, they'd be driving and then they'd feel like talking, they'd come down the gravel road and then they'd pull in. And, and I, I remember when I told this story on Sunday morning, as kids always love that, especially if it was a hot summer day, we knew we were gonna have a break. You know, we'd go find a cool spot and lay down for a while and, and just hope they would talk forever. But, but I, oftentimes we would just listen to the conversation and, and, and I remember finally uh, asking my dad one day, why don't, why don't you talk to him about your faith in Jesus Christ? And my dad's saying, well, I'm living it. And, I, and, and you know, I can't believe now I actually said this to my dad, but I said, yeah, but you know what? Emil can think you're living it because you're just a good guy. He's not going to understand why you're living the way you live, why you have the integrity and, and the reputation that you have. I mean, in a sense, Dad, you're, you're taking all the credit. You're not giving the credit where the credit should go to Jesus Christ. I remember we had, it was quite a discussion we had, and I never convinced my dad, and maybe he thought he was right, but he didn't admit I was right. It was one of those, I can still remember, I mean, I can remember we were standing, we were having a conversation, uh, and, and so then, 
in the summer before my senior year in high school, I finally couldn't stand this anymore. I, I was, uh, you know, it's like I was living two worlds. And I, I knew it was wrong. I, and what bothered me the most was that I was keeping something so absolutely wonderful from my friends in high school. It was like, made no, again, I, I was, you know, it was like God was pointing the finger at me and saying, why are you doing that? You know, it's wrong. It doesn't make any sense. And, and so I made the decision in the summer before my senior year in high school that I was going to go public with my faith to my friends. And I remember how hard it was the very first time I did it. I was sweating. I was, I, I, I know exactly where I was sitting in the library. And the first time my best buddy, yeah, it was like two weeks into school, and he said, Steve, the guys were planning another weekend, where, where, you know, and weekend for us was the drinking and everything else. And, and I remember just saying to him, you know, Scott, and I'm talking about drinking to get drunk, <laughs> you know, and remember turning around and saying, and I know it was like, it was like the, it was going to go one way or another for me. And, and, and I, I remember just gripping my pencil so hard. It was such a fight I was going through. And I just turned around and I said, Scott, I can't do that anymore. I've, 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 I've become a Christian. That's how I knew how to say it back then. And it, he didn't say anything to me. Nope. He just left me alone for two weeks. Now, and then finally, he invited me to go stay at his place one night to go to, to watch a, a, a basketball, a, a football game. And, and we came home that night, and he started asking me, why, what, what are you talking about with all this, Steve? And that was the very first time in my life that I shared my faith with somebody, my faith in Jesus Christ. And it was not, <laughs> it was not, you know, this well-planned, I had never done it before, and I had no idea how it was going to turn out. And, and my best friend uh, that night told me that, <laughs> actually waited about a week and told me that that night he made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. And that kind of started it for me. And so my whole, whole senior year was just one conversation with another with all of my friends about my faith in Jesus Christ. And it had such an impact on my own spiritual life. It's, that's when my spiritual life became exciting. That's when my spiritual life became motivating. That's, that, that, that gave me more motivation to study the Bible than anything else that I had ever experienced in my life growing up in the church. You know? Hands down, nothing compares to what motivated me to want to dig into into scripture. I can't think of anything that motivated me more to want to grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ than, than, than getting my faith out in public and, and just in a sense being out there. You know, now, now the questions were going to come and now people were going to look at my life and they were going to know, they were, they were going to know what it was all about and that was incredibly motivating. Now I tell you that, okay, to say all the things that we can do for our kids as parents, and there's lots of important things that we can do for them. I believe with all of my heart, one of the most, one of the most important things we can do is model for our children talking openly with people we have in our life about our faith in Jesus Christ. 
Because I, I, I really believe with all my heart that, it, it, that what I went through as a kid, every one of your children would go through. If they, if they grow up and they never, never hear about you having a conversation with somebody about your faith in Jesus Christ, to them, that would like be a total contradiction. It would, it would create doubt in their mind that it was all that important and all that, that valuable and, and that great of a thing. So that, that's why I believe what we're talking about this evening is vital to your kids. Now, let me, let me tell you about our experience here in Omaha. So we came in 1981, and uh, the, the house we moved in was in a, in a circle. Anybody live in a circle? Anybody? That is, seems like they don't make as many of them anymore, you know? I don't know. But, uh, but a circle is great for getting to know your neighbors. And, and everybody had little kids. I mean, it was a, a Greg and Nikki, Greg was five and Nikki was three. And, and all, you know, there were, every house had, you know, two or three or four, I think the uh, four, I think the most was five kids. And there were like big wheels going all the time, you know. And, and, and I remember Greg, Greg and Nikki, like, yeah, Greg was very cautious, like, he, he played football, he was a quarterback one year at Millard Central, and, and then, but he didn't like it because he never wanted to get tackled, all right? So then he decided to go play basketball, you know, that kind of, kind of a thing. Nikki, you know, she didn't care. I mean, she, skiing in, you know, in the mountains or, you know, Colorado, I don't even want to hear stories that would come back about some of the stuff she would do. But, but anyway, um, why I even told you that is that Greg came into the house one day, you know, here's this little, little kid, and he said uh, he, he, he didn't want to take his training wheels off, his bike, and then he came in and he said, the boys convinced me that I should take my training wheels off, you know, so yeah, I bet they convinced you, they ridiculed you to the point. <laughs> so anyway, um, what our kids, the neighborhood we moved in, we were all, all the couples, we were in our 30s, and the, I don't know what your neighborhood is like, but that circle was, was a party circle, okay? I mean, big-time party circle. Uh, Friday night, Saturday night, things would get going sa around Saturday noon. The guys would really start drinking, and, and it would really get rolling, you know, as, as you get closer and closer into the evening. And, and, and then even Sundays, they would pick it up. Um, and what our kids saw for Becky and I is if we were home, we were at the party, okay? We, we were with them. I didn't get drunk, but we were with them. We wanted to be with our neighbors. And, and, and it was doubly hard because they found out, you know, they knew I was a pastor. So I had to overcome that thing. And I mean... <laughs> Right, I mean, really, you know. So it took two years before the guys invited me to go golfing with them. That was a major breakthrough for me, you know. And it, really, seriously, because they were just freaked out um, with, with me initially. Um, but, but the kids saw that. And I, I don't think anybody here, that probably, it's, you don't have any trouble probably spending time with your neighbors, all right? Maybe you do. And I think maybe the question to ask yourself is, you know, how much have you socialized with your neighbors? Is it, I mean, do you, do you, you spend time with them or, or do you spend, you know, is all your time with your Christian friends? 
Okay? And it's just a question to ask yourself. All right? Because it's very easy. I remember reading a book, Lifestyle Evangelism, way back in the 70s. And the guy who wrote the book said that, you know, when, when somebody first becomes a follower of Jesus Christ, all of their friends are not followers of Jesus Christ. And then over a period of, he, said, he, he actually did a study, and it takes about two years, and then, then all your friends are followers of Jesus Christ at the end of two years, and you can't really think of anybody that's really a close friend who isn't a follower of Jesus Christ. Okay? And he said, we have to really work at rebuilding that into our lives, relationships with people who do not share our faith in Jesus Christ, genuinely caring for those people. And so Greg and Nikki saw us building friendship with every person in our neighborhood and spending time with them, and they heard us praying for them by name on, on honestly, on a, on a nightly basis. We prayed for our neighbors. We prayed for them by name. Um, and they saw this. They heard this. And so they realized this is important to us. Our faith in Jesus Christ is important to us. We really care for our neighbors. And they understood why, why we were doing that. Okay? We explained why. And, and, and one of the reasons they understood it is both Greg and Nikki became believers in Jesus Christ at the age of five. In fact, Becky, was, I, didn't, I forgot to ask her, one of them was actually four. And they got it. I mean, they really got it. All right? Um, so we, I, I would, I, I, you know, at times that I, I, I shared my faith with my neighbors, I would talk to the family about it. You know, um, I remember one really fun uh, story with that is uh, Bruce and Lynn lived on this side of us, and they were, they were the neighbors who made the decision after several years of relationship with them to, to become followers of Jesus Christ. And they actually went to Brookside for about 15 years. Okay, now they live in Seattle. Uh, Willie and Rhonda lived on this side of us. And Ollie and Loretta lived in the next house. Um, and I for, forgot the names of the neighbor in that house. And then uh, Bill and his wife lived in that house, okay? And I remember Willie and I had had a bunch of conversations and Willie was the major party guy in our neighborhood. I mean, major party. In fact, um, I, I felt so bad for him because he was, a, he, he was, he was an alcoholic. And I mean, I, I, there were times I would walk into his backyard to talk to him, and he'd be throwing up blood. Um, and uh, he actually ended up dying because of his alcoholism. But I remember, and these guys, I mean... <laughs> They got used to me being around, so, it, you know, all the, the profanity flowed f freely, and the jokes were no different than if I wasn't, I mean, they told all the jokes, they, they, they cheated at golf, I mean, you name it, they did it all, <laughs> all right? Um, they did, you know? Um, and and um, I remember Willie and I had had numerous conversations and I'll never forget the day I'm sitting out, outside in his driveway with him on a Sunday afternoon, and Ollie comes walking over. Ollie was from India and came walking over, and Willie said to him, Willie said this, you know, Ollie, we really need to listen to this guy. He's, he's, he's right, and we're, all the one, we're, we're, we're wrong. He's right, and we're wrong in how we're living our life, and he's right in what he believes, 
about Jesus Christ. Willie actually said that. He wasn't a believer because he, he was unwilling to make that lifestyle change. Okay? I told that story to our kids. I, knew, I mean, they, they knew what was happening in my relationship with our neighbors, Becky and both of us, all right? I'm just, I just, this is, I'm telling you this, this is not, um, you know, wow, look at Steve doing that. That's, that's not the point of my story. The point of me telling this is that it's so important that our kids, they see more than we're going to church on Sunday morning or that we're here on Wednesday evening. They need to see us living out our faith with our neighbors, our friends. They need to see us interacting with them, socializing them, that we're engaging in their life. They got to see this, and they got to they know that we're talking to our neighbors about our faith in Christ, or it won't make any sense to them. I remember one of the guys recently in, the, in, in our Thursday group told me, uh, because these guys are, are, are literally have learned how to share their faith to the group, and I mean... It, it, I've come to understand it's, it, it's a process, okay? And one of the things I'm, I am so convicted of is to make what's happened with these guys on Thursday, Thursday mornings available to as many people in the church as possible where you can have a, a year of learning how to share your faith with other people, okay? I think, I think it's so, so important. Um, but um, where, where was I? I forgot what I was going to say. Um, there was a re oh, one of the guys said, after his, he, had, he was talking to his kids about this class, this, this small group he's in, and telling them what he's learning and, and who he was going to share his faith with. And, 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 and it was actually with the guy who built his house. And... and um, and so his, his, his little boy, who's the oldest, was so, so engaged with this whole thing. He knew, he knew when his dad was going to have lunch with this guy and when he was going to share his faith with him. And he was waiting for his dad to come home. And this kid is not old. He was waiting for his dad to come home to find out how it turned out. And when his dad came home and told him that, that, that his friend, the builder, had accepted Jesus Christ, had trusted in Christ, had prayed and trusted in His little boy went, yes! You know? And this is a young kid. All right? I mean, just started school, kindergarten. That's how young he is. And you know what his dad said to him the other day? Dad, who are you going to talk to next? All right? Who are you going to talk to next, Dad? Hey, sometimes I think what happens to us as adults is we lose the innocence of a child that they, they, they don't have that fear. They haven't created excuses. They haven't created reasons in their mind not to talk to somebody. It just totally makes sense. If it's so wonderful Jesus died for us, it only makes sense to them that you would tell everybody about it. And I think one of the things that happens to us as we get old is we get a little callous, you know, to that whole thing, all right? So both of our kids had their own journey. Uh, I want to fast forward and then I want to back up, all right? Fast forward, as adults, both of them are comfortable 
building strong friendships with people who do not share their faith. I would say that Greg and Nikki had equal number of friends who did not share their faith as they did friends who did share their faith, okay? And honestly, um, that's one of the things I'm most thankful for in their life, I really am. It's more scary, it's not safe, it doesn't, there were times in, in, uh, for our kids' life, it didn't feel, feel safe at all, that they had as many close friends as they had who are not believers, okay? And you, you, if you don't understand that now, you understand it as, because everything within you as a parent wants to protect your children, right? Huh? You just want to protect them from all of those influences out there. And it's a tough world our kids live in. It's a scary world. It was scary for us back then. I think it's even scarier now. All right? Um, uh, I remember when Greg was in high school, the day he came to me, it was down in our basement, Joel, where you guys punched it out. Um, um, <laughs> actually, you had the two younger brothers, your two younger brothers punch it out. And, yeah. So anyway... Uh, but I remember when Greg, we had, a, we had a little love seat in our basement, and I remember the day Greg, we were down there, and just spontaneously, he, he, I can see him, he put, his, he put his leg up on the, foot up on the armchair of the love seat, and he looked at me and he said, Dad, I just want you to know that it's, now, it's my faith now. It used to be my faith was your and mom's faith. It's my faith, Dad. And that was just like, that was a defining moment for me, okay? Um, when Greg went to college, he taught a class for children on Sunday mornings at the church he attended in Lincoln. Everything, Greg was, now, Joel, I'm sure knows stories, I don't know, but, but <laughs> Greg, as far as we knew, was a pretty, sh sh he ne never wavered from his faith, okay? Until he got to law school. And I, I'm just going to tell you this, okay, as an encouragement for you as parents. It's not always going to, and you, you all know this probably, but your kids are going to have dips. They're going to have dips in their faith. They're going to have things that catch them off guard, you know. And for Greg, it was being in, it, realizing, I'm going to make a lot of money. And he was spending time with people who made a lot of money. And suddenly, for about a year, we, we kind of lost our son spiritually because he became so obsessed with wealth and making money. And then it was his, like his second half of his first year of law school and his first half of his, his second year of law school was kind of a lost year spiritually for him. And then we start seeing him come back again. And by the time he finished law school, he was back centered where he needed to be. All right? And then Greg had an eight-year career. And when Greg was in law school, he had five buddies, okay? And I remember when he came through one time with them and they went skiing in Colorado, and none of those guys shared his faith in Jesus Christ. And they were, some of them were pretty wild dudes, all right? In fact, Greg made it known to them, they were, all of them were to stay away from his sister, all right? <laughs> okay? I mean, they were not morally good guys, okay? But you know what I found out? I, Becky and I had no idea 
we always wondered, how much is our son living his faith in front of his friends, his co-workers, his five law school buddies and, and their wives? How much is he living his faith in front of them? And we found out when Greg died, their funeral service. And we had one person after another come up to us. And, 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 and honestly, this was in a big church building. This is Wooddale Church in Minneapolis. And that, there were a lot of people there. And a lot of them were business people. And we had one person after another come up to us and tell us, your son was a man of integrity. We could always count on him to do what he said he would do, and he genuinely cared for people. And then they would say, and we knew why. We know that he, he had a faith in Jesus Christ. Okay? And this is the one that meant the most to me. Greg, his closest law school buddy, Troy Hutchinson is his name, talked at his Greg's funeral. And when he said, you know, he said, Greg, and, Greg would debate with us guys all the time about his faith in Jesus Christ. He was always debating with us. And, 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 and he said, but Greg had one thing he could appeal to. He said, if he, if he needed to, he would appeal to you. <laughs> and what that meant was, not me personally, but he would appeal to the things that I had explained to him as reasons for my faith in Jesus Christ. Okay? Again, I'm just telling you this. This is not bragging. This is just this is sharing my conviction of how important it is that we do this for our kids. That we don't, we don't just leave it to the church to do. Because there's nothing more believable than if it comes from a mother or a father. Okay? Nothing more believable. Um, Nikki, now I can tell there's, I'm not going to tell you all the story of Nikki's life, but today she's living out her faith. And today she's walking with Christ. It's, as Nikki's, Nikki's different from Greg. You know, it's never going to be the same. Um, she just her journey her own way. Um, and I just tell this to you is don't expect your kids to do their journey the same way. Um, that'd be a big mistake to make. Let one kid's journey be more unsettled than the other ones, you know? Because um, you never know. You just never know. Um, one of the and but I can tell you this, both in her lifestyle and in and engaging other people and talking with other people about her faith, Nikki's doing that. She's doing that. Um, and that's all I can, I can count on at this point, you know? And I, I don't know what more I want you know, from my kids, is, is that, kind of, that kind of a thing. Um, Dan, <laughs> I, I keep looking over here, all right, because uh, our kids grew up with these two over here. And so Joel and Nikki know how imperfect a parent I am, better than all of you do, okay? They don't know how imperfect I was, <laughs> but they know better than you. And so, I, I mean, I just... I just want you to know, Becky, Becky and I, Becky, if she was standing up here with me, she would say, we made tons of mistakes. She would say, we were not perfect parents. But our kids would say that we loved them 
and they've said it many, many times. We love them with all of our heart. And our kids would tell you, we not only lived our faith by saying we were sorry when we were wrong, which we did with our kids many times, okay? Um, we not only did that, but we, we loved people who did not share our faith in Jesus Christ, and we still do. And we showed our kids that we loved them because we spent time with them. They were a part of our life. We knew what was going on in their life, and we talked with them about our faith in Jesus Christ. You know, I just hope, um, this is so important. You know, I just can't possibly tell you how important it is for your kids to know that you're talking to other people about your faith. Um, you think about preparing your kids to go off to college, man, that's one of the best things you can do for them is to be doing that. Now, that's why, okay, you've got to do the work. And I'm, I'm not going to be going through uh, how to talk through your faith with people this evening. Um, and I could never do that um, in, in one evening. In fact, I've, I've almost decided I'm never going to do a sermon again on a Sunday morning uh, where I, um, I mean, I'm not sure I'm not. I'm thinking, <laughs> okay. But, but, but. I, here, I, I don't want to frustrate anybody hearing a sermon on how to share your faith and then just leaving that one sermon with you. I want to do everything I can. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. I want to do everything I can to equip you to share your faith. And I'm realizing it takes a lot more time and a lot more effort than two sermons a year. Okay. So here, here's, here's what you can do right now if you, if you want to do it, okay? You can go back and listen to a sermon that I, that I, I did. I did two sermons with Kyle Cheatham on Sunday morning. I don't know if you remember that. Kyle and I talked back and forth. I, I, would, I would beg you, I would urge you, uh, unless you've got a better resource that you can go to, go back and listen to those sermons. Take notes on them, Okay? And one is telling, learning how to tell your own story. And the other one, you know, how you came to faith in Christ, learning how to tell that to somebody in a few hundred words or less, you know, in just a few words, learning how to do that so you can tell that story when you have an opportunity. And the other one is, is, is a sermon. Uh, I did a sermon on February 9th, telling your own story. And then, and then we did one on, on February 16th, telling God's story. And that's where we went through and we showed you how to share the gospel with somebody. It's really so simple, okay? It's so simple, but you've got to take the time to learn it, all right? Now, we're going to be providing a lot more for you in the years to come, okay? Now, I'm just going to say this and then, and then, I'll, and then I'll be done. I'm, we're going to be starting a series. I'm going to start a series in October, the last Sunday in October, called Prepared, all right? And it's going to take us all the way through November, and every one of those sermons are going to have to do with to prepare you to share your faith in Jesus Christ with other people. Because one of the things your kids are going to come with you to you, if they haven't yet, are the hard questions, okay? 
Like, how do you even know there is a God? Okay? And, and why Christianity over other religions? You know, all those kinds of, of questions we're going to deal with in, in a series uh, called Prepared. Okay? All right? I, I hope, Jeff, this is what... Yeah. All right.